Hey everyone, here is a sample of the most recent Patreon episode with David Roth of uh, Deadspin and uh, of Noam Chomsky endorsing him fame. I uh, hope you enjoy it, and if you do enjoy it and you want to hear more, including uh, the rest of David's story uh, that he begins on this, that's a teaser for you, that's what we call that in the biz, um, please check out patreon.com slash no cartridge. It's $5 a month, and it's plenty of material, this and more, I like, I think there's like 300 posts or something, which is um, really puts it all in perspective and makes me want to cry. Uh, all right. Talk to you all soon. Enjoy the show. This is a Patreon episode, and actually, uh, we got all the kinks out of the way. This is a second go at an episode that I'm doing with Mr. David Lee Roth. Um, you don't, uh, you don't get our, you don't get uh, the the bit that I did where I pretend that he loves Trump. Um, I'm classic, sorry, that's lost the time. Material. It was a classic bit, and um, I think the best part of that was I said that you had a um, a website called the Trump Report, which. It, to my credit, was simple enough to be funny, and yeah. I, you know, I, I have to give myself that. All the um, ones that are actually the, like the actual real ones all have way worse names. Yeah, honestly, like the the news sites that love Trump, like they all sound like the news from a like a really bad comic book from 1986. Yeah, they're like this is, news mates, or like, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, well, I like the the cable networks too, where they're like it, it's basically it's like things that like Bill Mitchell thinks. They yeah. sound official, like people that just like <laughs> severely brain damaged business guys. Mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. like, all right, so like we should have a, a high end journal, so that will be called American Doings. Well, one sec, sorry, my my daughter came in. All right. <laughs> what could I grab? You want those belt vitas? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Good. Can you close that door, Till? Till, can you close the door behind you? Thanks, <laughs> Tilly. We can keep that in. You um, should. <laughs> But, um, yeah, the, um, I think the, uh, you know, like the OANN, that's one that, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a classic. Um, yeah, they're always just like, wasn't one actually called Newsmax? Newsmax has been around for a really long time, I think. Okay. Or is that the, there's one of them that's run by like a friend of his and it's a guy that looks like just like if you were to describe an unreliable realtor to a police sketch artist, <laughs> It would be that guy. And it's either it's either Newsmax or townhall.com. It's like one of these like a legacy one. And like their average readership is like you know there's there's like a tabloid that it's like only got stuff about the royals in it and it's like yeah. average readership is like eighty plus. Like I have to imagine that Newsmax is like that. I always think about um I always think about there's a there was this oh, what was it? It was like Oh yeah, so I was looking at journals one time when I was when I was still an active academic, and I was looking at where to publish something, and I noticed that there was a thing. Um, I noticed that there was a thing that was um, 
that was just called Thomas Pynchon Reader. And I was like, man, who's who's doing Thomas Pynchon Reader? Like, who's that guy? I like. The, I mean, it could have been. This is what's great about academic journals, too. Uh, I know you're really curious how I'm going to wrap this. I'm, I'm excited. Up. I want to see how this goes. It could just be one guy. It's true. And, like, the amazing thing is it could be one guy that got the journal on JSTOR in, you know, 1972. And uh, JSTOR is just like, well, you know what? That's our guy. He's on there right now. Um, and we're not going to change it. Like, this like, this guy is on our database. We think that the Thomas Pynchon liker is also a good journal, but you don't need two. <laughs> it's like, sorry, um, we can't. We, we can't. Except your journal. We already have enough Thomas Pynchon related material. Which is probably true. I mean, the thing with Pynchon always, I mean, it's just that it's it's a struggle to keep up with the volume of the work that he puts out. Right. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's just prolific and with all the interviews he does, too. Yeah. Since he got on Twitter, I feel like it's it's impacted his <laughs> legacy in a really interesting way. I don't. You know what? I like his Twitter a lot. I like how he does it. But I also don't love how he uh, always responds to President Trump by saying, uh, you, sir, are a disgrace. Yeah. How I mean, it's you? like he's not wrong, but at the same time, you know, whatever. You have to be first. It's that Come important on, man, for you like, to be first. Thomas you're, the guy who wrote, you're the guy who wrote uh, The Crying of Lot 49. This isn't <laughs> – we don't need to do this. I'd love to, to dump your speech into a garbage can with a fish stenciled onto it, <laughs> the significance of which emerges slowly and not completely over the course of the short book. I, I'd like you to be targeted by the mail, the the U.S. mail, and not yeah. the U.S. mail that you've already decided is not a good part of our country. <laughs> it just trails off in the middle of the I haven't, uh, like, always been the biggest fan of Pynchon, but I'm glad that he's still kind of out there. I, mm-hmm. The story of him as, like, this recluse where everybody was trying to, like, make a Salinger thing. I remember reading about this, and they had, like, some, like, the Times Magazine or something had, like, discovered where he lived and they sent a reporter to like stake out the building and he was there for like 40 minutes and then like pension went out to go to like Dwayne reed to get some like eye medicine <laughs> like he's just like a normal guy he just decided not he doesn't like go to parties or like participate in online hello what are, what are you doing out here yeah he's like are you it's okay if i say your name and he's like yeah no, i'm i'm the guy i'm the eye medicine guy <laughs> that's right i got the eye medicine yep. The author of a impenetrable 900-page volume, but the dumbest thing I ever got onto the back of a basketball card when I was writing basketball cards, mm. uh, which was some years ago, was uh, for Ronaldo Balkman. Okay, one Tilly. second. Hold that right, thought. Go I gotta, I gotta, I'll be right back. Silly, I'm live recording. <laughs> All right, I'm back. So, Ronaldo Balkman. The idea of having to usher your adorable child out of the room brusquely, being like, my friend is telling me a story about Ronaldo Balkman. <laughs> I'm trying to We've listen to this interesting this. story about <laughs> I am recording an important podcast about ephemera about sports. So it'll become clear just how embarrassing it is that you had to shunt your child out of the room for this. <laughs> so when I was freelancing, I got to, I wrote, got to, I wrote the basketball cards for a, the guys that were taken in, I guess, the 2009 draft? I mean, whenever Balkman was drafted. By just a classic draft. A, a, not a great draft. I was there for, like, Tyrus Thomas was picked very high in it. Patrick O'Brien <laughs> was picked very high in it. 
mm. all the famous uh, guys that your listeners love to know about and think about. Uh, honestly, um, if they're if they've subscribed, it's plausible people have subscribed just to hear this particular podcast. And if they have, I'm sure they are thinking about remembering them. Good, I'm glad. All right. See, I was at the the rookie shoot that they do for. Um, these guys, which is like the photo shoot that's the Knicks practice facility in White Plains. And I went there and my job was to interview the different-